up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller, joined, as always, by my boy, Melo, to my right, which is weird, and my guy, Connor, to my left, which is really weird. But we are together at Draft Picks Taproom in Mobile, Alabama, kicking off Senior Bowl week. Uh, Monday morning, you heard our Senior Bowl preview as we were spread across the country. Now you get our live from the Senior Bowl as we really dig into what's happening in Mobile. We're going to give you coverage every morning this week. We're going to be at Draft Picks again on Wednesday night. If you didn't make it Monday night, come back out. We got swag. We got merch we're giving away. There's beers Helmets flowing. on the table. There's helmets on the table. It's, it's just amazing. Connor's hair looks so good right now. In this light, it's so like good. perfect. Oh, my I God. I was selective with my spot You're tonight. You're glowing. So. You're glowing. Connor, and, and Connor guys, too. feel free. I mean, come up. Take some stuff. We got all this for a reason. We got a lot more. So at any point. And we're going to do draft on draft later. So, you, yeah, go ahead. Take the helmet. No, yeah. do not no, take no, the helmet. Just save no, one no. for wheels. No. But, um, no, but really, it's great to have you guys here. A lot of familiar faces, a lot of first-time faces. Please introduce yourself after the show. We love meeting you guys. But before we get to all that, we have a lot to talk about in this next hour. Yeah, we do. We're going to dig deep. We know that you guys are draft fans just like us. So we're going to talk about the NFL draft. We talk about some of the biggest storylines we're looking at heading into Senior Bowl week. Some of the superlatives. You guys want to know who the sleepers are, who stocks rising, who stocks falling. Uh, who are we going to be really keying in on this week? We can't watch 100 players. So who are the 20 or 25 so guys that we're going to really try to keep tight notes on? And then, like Connor said, we're going to open this microphone up right here, and you guys can ask your draft on draft questions. PG-13-ish. It's stick to football. Ish. So Ish. PG thirteen ish. We want to answer I this your guys' was a questions. Rated R podcast. It's explicit. It's okay. It's okay. fine. Uh, so I'm here. Let's start it right here, though, because I know that we have been prepping on this draft class since May. Honestly, I, I remember day three of the draft, Connor. You and I were sitting there in New York, and I kept being like, "Hey, can we talk about next year's draft? Can we talk about next year's draft?" Every day, and that's all we've wanted to do from probably late April last year. So let's talk about this year's draft. I want to know, now that we're here, we're going to be evaluating the top 100-ish best seniors in the class. I know what storyline I'm focused on, but what storyline are you guys going to be watching? Melo, you want to kick it off? For me, it's the quarterbacks. There are a lot of big names here. I think this is a very deep class. Last year, uh, we got a little spoiled because Baker Mayfield was here. He's the first overall pick, and also Josh Allen. But this year's a very deep class. I think all eight of these guys could probably go in the second, third round. We didn't see that last year. We saw some undrafted guys go. So I want to see what Tyree Jackson can do against a really good, talented group of secondary members. I think it's the deepest quarterback class I've seen. Not top-heavy, right? Because we saw Baker and Josh last year. We were here for the Carson Wentz year. But one to eight, I think it's the best quarterback class I've seen. Yeah, and I think we got to talk about the guys that often make them look good. I mean, the skill guys in this group. And there's a lot of, you know, fantasy football analysts that come to the Senior Bowl to see what kind of talent is on the field. This year, there's nobody really in the running back group here. Damian Harris isn't here. That jumps out and you say, that can really be an impact guy right away. We've talked about some of the sleepers on yesterday's show or today's show. You look at the wide receivers, Debo Samuel. He's a name we've known forever. If he didn't get hurt, he probably wouldn't be here right now. He'd probably already be in the NFL. That's how talented he is. Good tight end class. A lot of them are juniors. So is Josh Oliver from San Jose State a good pass catcher that will be here? Or Donald Parham from Stetson, a guy that's six foot eight at tight end and can dominate in the red zone. Who out of these skill guys is going to make a difference? That's what I want to know. And the opportunity is there for them because, yeah, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Daryl Henderson, those guys are going to go early. But after that, it's a complete wild card right now. It might be our guy, Wes Hills, you yeah. know, like, who 
from NFLPA bouncing up. It, this is a great opportunity for small school guys, and you ripped off a couple of them there. That this is their opportunity. This is their their really showcase of how they can step up to the next level. We're going to see it at every position group, not just the skill players. For me, it's the edge rushers. I, I think that's the most talented class. Uh, not only in this entire draft, but in Mobile, Alabama. We have guys who we all believe are first-rounders. Montez Sweat is here. O'Shane Zimenez is here. Jalen Ferguson's here. Zach Sack Allen. Daddy. Zach Daddy's here. Charles Aminahue. Those like, are top this, 50 guys. This edge group, who's going to step up? We were here last year, guys, and we watched Marcus Davenport day one, and we went, I don't get it. Day two, we were like, eh, it's a little bit better. Day three, we were like, all right, this dude's the top 15 pick. Because you saw the progression. So that would be my caution to the people who are here at Draft Picks with us, the people listening who are going to watch the practices. Don't get too caught up on Tuesday. Watch Wednesday, watch Thursday, and then see what happens on Saturday in the game because it is oftentimes a progression of that talent. And that's why a guy like Zimenez, small school guy, come out of Old Dominion, right? And we only saw him play really one big game this year against Virginia Tech. No doubt. But he's good. But he's good. I want to see him going against guys like Andre Dillard from Washington State. What, what can you do against an uh, offensive tackle we believe is a first-round type player? And, and so the edge group, we all up here, like Mello played quarterback. I coached quarterbacks. We want to watch the quarterbacks. No doubt. We're going to be watching the edge players a whole lot this week. Yeah, I'm with you all the way there. I mean, there's so many different things to look for. I think one-on-ones with DBs and wide receivers. Always a blast. It's set up for the wide receivers to win. So you want to see what DBs can flip their hips, who can turn and run down the field. Quarterbacks, I mean – this is one of those places where guys like Carson Wentz, jo- I mean, yeah, we knew them coming in, but we didn't know how good they actually were. Josh Allen, he started out a little slow here last year. He really picked it up on day two and three. So this is just a great opportunity for those offensive guys to put their name, not on the map, but in that top 50 range. For all offensive guys. I Every single love one. the offensive and defensive line when they go one-on-one. I, it's one of my favorite parts of the senior bowl, and I don't think we talked about it on yesterday's episode. Seeing those guys in the trenches. Put them in a phone booth. See what they can do. You're going to find out who the alpha male is like, real quick. It, it's like it's like prison, right? Like you're I don't know. I've never been there. You're too pretty. It's like you walk in, and it's like, all right, I might have to fight someone, and I'm going to pick the biggest guy. That's playing offensive guard. You are in a fist fight. And guys like Dalton Risner. Well, Dalton Risner did not lose a snap in college for the last two years. He's a Bill Snyder guy. Exactly. 90 years old. Still coach of the line. Like, Dalton Risner did not lose. Is he going to lose this week against some of the D-line? Probably. We've seen, right? So, I think that's what's super important is we can talk about Andre Dillard. We can talk about Risner, Dieter. Like, some of these very good offensive line. Elton Jenkins. Like, maybe you could have been hid by your scheme. This week, you cannot be hidden by your scheme in the one-on-ones, which... Like, we should just put a preface. One-on-ones are skewed to defense because they're going to do they shit are. they can never do in a game. Yeah, you'll get an offensive lineman that's going to chip. Uh, so if you do have a dominant defensive lineman, you're not going to go one-on-one with him. But let's be honest, a lot of these guys aren't going to be the prime prospects that are going to get those one-on-one matchups. So they'll get a good look here. I really want to see what Dalen Mack can do. Puna that's Ford was my boy last year, and I know he went to A&M, but I'm kind of on that Dalen Mack train right now. I want to just bring the side little side note here. Where are you at on AM lately? I feel like you're like okay with AM now. I mean, they're not in the Big 12. They don't do shit in the SEC. So, like, it's still the rival. Their little brother, Texas, is like, we I don't have, have to deal with them. a guy in a Young jersey right here, and he's like, Mellow. I, he, he's staring at you like, why are you doing this to me? I mean, they're not Oklahoma. I mean, I, I despise so Oklahoma. It's like Oklahoma Tech. What's your hierarchy of teams you hate? Oklahoma, and then there's a huge gap. And then, and then Oklahoma again. Probably, yeah, Oklahoma <laughs> again. Just A&M and Tech, they're just 
they're irrelevant to what Texas is doing right now. You heard it here first. They really are. Wow. Like, oh, in recruiting, they get a new coach like every five years, and he's supposed to do this hot new thing. But guess what? It doesn't work. What are you going to say to Dana Holgerson when he comes into the booth on Tuesday to talk with us? I don't know. I'm probably going to ask him a lot about West Virginia and how he could just leave a university like that. All right. But, I mean, going back to Dalen Mack, the Senior Bowl is also kind of a place for redemption stories. And I think Dalen Mack is a guy that five-star recruit the world expect you know really high expectations there and he really didn't come on till his senior year this year and then yep. you look at someone like gerald willis i went down to miami this year and got to see him play he apparently got into locker room fights when he was at florida i don't know kicked off the team whatever you want to think of it yeah hard is get kicked out of florida exactly so but you go to miami Aaron and you Hernandez absolutely didn't. shine he's here these are redemption stories i think that's kind of what makes senior bowl week very special we promised oh, no, you guys no. Senior Bowl superlatives. We're going to give you Senior Bowl superlatives. If you're new to stick to football, you know superlatives are like, you know, it's like when you were a senior in high school and they were like, who's most likely to? What was yours, actually? Uh, I think Smile. I can see that. Yeah. Mello, what was it wasn't yours? very cool. Mine was biggest flirt. I could also see that. Okay. Mine was best dressed. I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> wow. Wow. In the Ooh. Midwest. In the Midwest. That just killed the crowd. Right. No. And <laughs> down. All right. Let's jump into the East Superlatives. No best dress, no best smile, no biggest flirt. Although that would be fun, too. Let's talk about the player who's most likely to rise in the draft after this week. And I think I know, I think you're going to say the same player. Yeah. So one, two, three, go. Drew Locke. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. I, I didn't know if I was going to get crucified for saying that, but I think he's got a big opportunity here to come prove what he can do. And he's throwing in jorts, Connor. That's what we like to say, <laughs> Just buddy. look at him throwing jorts. I mean, listen, when it comes down to <laughs> it, too. this is the environment. This is me and Mello's new favorite joke. Uh, sorry, Matt. Uh, no, but really, like when it comes down to it, this is an environment where he's set up to succeed because oh, all yeah. his flaws – He's not going to break down under pressure or anything. It's just going to really be him dropping back and throwing in jorts. So when it comes down to it, I can't even fucking do this. No, but seriously, simply my player to rise is Drew Locke, and I'm not going to really enjoy it that much, but I do think he's going to come out here and impress a lot of NFL teams. I can't remember when I dropped this nugget on Mello, so forgive me if it was on the show last night because I haven't slept. Do you know who's training Drew Locke? No. Jordan Palmer. We did talk about this. So, of course. Yes. Of course. No, but that's that's really good for Drew Locke. Very good. I mean, if you are a smart quarterback, you're going to go to a guy like that who has been very successful in the past with yeah. training quarterbacks. I'll throw mine in. I've said it before. I think it's I think it's Andre Dillard from Washington State. I think he can leave here the best tackle in the draft. But I, hands down, because we're going to get questions about Jonah Williams, arm length, whatever. We're going to get questions about Greg Little, his size, his athleticism. Maybe some off-field. not that tough. Jawan Taylor's probably a right tackle. Like, I, I really think Andre Dillard could rise in this draft class. So, next one, let's go the opposite of this, guys. Who's most likely to fall in the draft after this week? And I'm okay if you pick somebody who isn't here as your faller. I'm, I'm going to go, I guess, kind of hot takey. I know a lot of people love Will Greer. I expect to see a drop-off here. I think that he's going to be a guy that comes out and shows that he doesn't have a whole lot of arm strength and that he relied on a very good surrounding cast. Fan of the podcast, Will Greer. Thanks a lot, Mello. Maybe I'll ask Dana Holgerson about him. There you go. I like How much that. did Will Greer suck? And go. It's getting and it's getting rowdy in here. I couldn't even hear who Mello said. Will Greer. Oh, Will Greer. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. For me, it's actually, I think O'Shane Zimenez is going to have a tough time Why here. Why are you all just attacking our I, listeners? I think, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
I mean, hey, Pat Mahomes, way to lose the game. He has like, some really good, ouch, really good film. Soon. But I, like Matt said, there are good tackles here, and it's not going to be really easy for him. So. I'm very curious to see what he can do out here. A guy that has a lot of experience in college and a lot of production. But when it comes down to it, is he quick enough to beat a guy like Andre Dillard or is he strong enough to beat a guy like Nate Davis? That's kind of what I want to see out here. Well, And I'll gladly be wrong. I, I shit on Mello for going West Virginia. I'm actually going to go David Sills V. Like I Thank really you. do think that he, like, I don't know that he can run well enough to separate. And like the craftiness to his game is not going to show up in a place like the Senior Bowl. I agree with you, too. I just... You talk about receivers that struggle to separate, and I haven't seen a whole lot of separation from his game. It seems like everything's that nine route, just run as fast as you can. And if you can throw the ball remotely close to him, he'll get under it. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Who's most likely to win MVP? Uh, do you want MV- let's do MVP of the week because it's different okay. here. You get practice I'll give MVP. you a game one. Game MVP, Debo Samuel, right? No, I think it'll be Ryan Finley. Because it'll, oh. he'll go like 7 of 11 for 55 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and, and he'll be the sneak MVP. in a touchdown yeah. in there too, yeah. I agree with you. I was going to go Montez Sweat. I think that he's just got a lot to prove, and I think he's the best guy here. Well, I know like that, Marcus Stanford last year. Long pass rusher, he won MVP of the game. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to see the same thing out of Sweat this week. I mean, MVP of the week for practices, I think Daniel Jones is going to come out here. and a, a guy that moves well, he's accurate. Like I said, do I think he's his premier, you know, quarterback prospect? No, but once again, this is an environment where he should find success. Where do you have him ranked? I know you've said before you don't, you wouldn't rank him round no. one, but you think he'll go there. QB three for me right now. It's Haskins, Kyler, Daniel Jones, Lock four, four. Okay, where are you at? So I'm not, I'm not high on him. I want to see what he can do this week. I guess I should have put him in in one of my lists, but. Uh, so far, I haven't been very impressed. I know I yesterday I compared him to Ryan Tannehill. Like, let's see what he can do. I think it's a great comp. I really do. Yeah, and, and it's another quarterback that you make a first-round guy. Like, we didn't have a whole lot of options here, so we're going to facilitate a first-round quarterback, and I think Daniel Jones gets in there. I, I know. I you probably hand. just completely disagree hand. with me, but whatever. I completely disagree. I think Daniel Jones is a round-one quarterback. He's he's He has everything you want in his skill set. He has the the body. He has the arm talent. He's mobile enough. He almost rushed for 200 yards one week this season. What so. about injury concerns? Does that come up? Like, dude's constantly hurt. That's big. It was uh, Carson really Wentz. Is, really is Ryan yeah, it was big for Wentz, too, and he went second overall. So, uh, I think, and you know what's about? He's skinny, so is Jared Goff. He's in the Super Bowl right now. But, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not high on him. He could definitely change my mind this week. So, I, I would say my MVP of the week, if we're going to go that route, I love the Montez Sweat. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a sleeper here. I think it'd be Jonathan Abram. Safety from Mississippi State. Because he's going to fucking smoke somebody in practice. And people are going to be like, yep. It's what he, he did every week this year. It was just put hats on people. He could walk away as safety one. There's no targeting in practice, right? You can't right. get targeted like, call practice? No, be fine. he'll survive. Yeah, Braxton Berrios from last year says no. <laughs> there is not because he was Hunter on the ground. Renfro this year says no. There's all not. day. But I honestly think without Taylor Rapp here, uh, Abrams could see a huge jump because he's going to be the top dog at safety. Do you like Abram more than Deontay Thompson? I do. They're I different, do. right? They're, I, I think he can do more. I think Deontay Thompson's a single high safety. He's very good in coverage. Is he going to be able to tackle guys in the NFL at 180 pounds? It's going to be very difficult from safety. 180 might be high. Yeah. It might be. He needs to get on that, that Matt Miller plan. Uh, all right, next one. Next Beer and pizza will put some weight on right. you. Someone just got a pizza delivered here, so I believe it. It was Who me. is most likely to be a day one starter from this senior bowl group? 
For me, it's Nasir Adderley. Oh, because, uh, you know I love because him. Because Matt's eyes just lit up. Oh, Look yeah. at how the league's trending. A lot of teams use three safeties. A lot of teams flood the field with defensive backs. Why can't this guy get on the field right He's away? He's so athletic. He's athletic. I, I think I he has good instincts. I don't know people realize how athletic he is. And then Tuesday at practice, people are going to, unless it rains like it's supposed to, people are going to be like, oh, my God, this guy can fly. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to steal your shine and take your guy like, Dude. you know, Andre Dillard, though. But another guy with... How badly this league needs offensive line play, I think he's really another candidate. But you look at the safeties getting on the field right away, Adderley's next up. I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to take Reisner just because he can play every position. They will find a role for him on the offensive line somewhere at guard or tackle. Like Braden Smith. Exactly. Like, he's just going to come plug and play immediately. Maybe not be an all-pro or a pro bowler like we've seen with guys like Quentin Nelson, but he's going to be a day-one starter for some team that needs offensive line help. I feel like you guys just took my answers. So I'm like sitting here like fumbling. He froze. Like, uh, I, I went with Debo Samuel. I, I I do believe. I know Connor talked about him early in the show, but someone who I had a round two grade on last year. So did the NFL. And then he got hurt. Seeing him this year with his agility, the quickness in and out of cuts, it's where the NFL is going. Watch Robert Woods. Watch Tyreek Kill. He's slower. But that usage, that's Debo Samuel. And it works. Watch the Patriots play. That's every receiver they have is yep. that – Quick cut option route type player. I'm all in on Debo Samuels. Maybe a little bit of a sleeper. Last superlative I have for you guys. We got to go bad news here, unfortunately. I can't hate all this be, one. Can all be sunshine and roses, boys. Who's most likely to be a bust? Man, I, I'm going to go back to, <laughs> I called him the MVP of the game, but he might be the the, the least valuable LVP? player from the career. I don't think Ryan Finley's an NFL quarterback. No, I don't know. I don't think he has the arm threshold. He's, Matt just looked at Matt wanted I'm to say it's like, so bad. He doesn't have an arm it's, like, it's like we spend a lot of time he's together. He's like tall and skinny, and people are like, he's got to have an arm. What but people he missed is Kelvin Harmon made so many plays for him throughout his career, and all the time it was, wow, look at this quarterback and his stats, when really it was, look at this receiver going up and getting the football. And I'm going to stick with the quarterback position, and it's like 98% reaction, 2%. I actually think he might bust. Let's just fucking say Daniel Jones. Oh I my think God, Mello. I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's an NFL quarterback. Like, you could barely throw against the ACC, so we'll see what happens. He's the most well-coached quarterback in this entire class. Oh, so has he peaked? Is, is this that, the best no. Daniel Jones we're going to see? <laughs> this is like family dinners I'm, right here. I love <laughs> like, sitting here I mean, just but, watching. Like Tyree Jackson. Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, like those guys, I, I feel like they're all like promising potential. It's like, let me sell you on some hype. I feel like Daniel Jones, we've seen it. We know what he is. We know what he can do. This is like one of the few times you and I are going to be very different on a player, and it's going to be Daniel Jones. I think he's going to be a, a, an NFL starter for a very, very long time. I mean, qualify that. Blake Bortles was a starter in the NFL for a very long time. <laughs> Touche. Uh, if I had to pick a bust from this class, man, I'm going to make a lot of people at home mad. I think it's Drew Locke. I really do. I, I, and I know I've been on the – I've been all about guys like Josh Allen last year of sell me on your traits. Pat Mahomes, sell me on your traits. I don't think Drew Locke has those traits. He's not that athletic. I think his arm actually gets overrated. I agree. I, he doesn't have like a wow He's arm. He doesn't have Pat. Baker Mayfield's arm. No. Oh, God, that hurts. To say. He doesn't have Joe Flacco's arm. He doesn't have Cam Newton's arm. He doesn't have Matt Stafford's arm. And guess what? He's going top 15. Oh, he's still going top 15, but I think he's going to bust. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what that sound means? It's draft on draft time. Uh, we're not. Yeah! Yeah! We're not 
popping cans tonight because we got bottles. So and shots uh, of Jameson. We got bottles and shots of Jamo, which, good lord. Thank please, you, Andy. Please, please rough. no. Please that was no. rough. I'm, we actually did an ancestry thing recently, and we are 100% German on the Miller side of this table. Yeah, so high. Sorry to all our New York listeners. Yeah, if you could give us something in the bourbon family, that'd be great. Uh, Connor's fine with JMO, though, all day. All day. It was like his Capri Sun growing up. So, uh, we have a lot of draft on draft questions, and you all know this is a staple of our show. The cool thing about doing these live remotes is you guys get to come up and ask a question. You're not sending it on Twitter. You're not Redditing. You're not on Instagram. You're not Snapchatting mellow. Which you should burp? still do. Redditing? Yeah, I just made it one. Okay. It's not harboring, Austin. <laughs> uh, it's Redditing. You guys get to walk up to the mic. I, all sports crunch is like fucking, he's at the line ready. Like, ready to go. He's, he's been ready to, for an entire year. He's going to explode it's like that, off the line. The Adam Sandler scene, like fucking hockey seasons in 364 <laughs> days. Time to get ready. And he has been he's ready. Ready. He was, were you the first one here tonight? Because I think you were last year. All right. Our boy, uh, (laughs) Sticks Football Dad of the Year, Andrew Harbaugh, was here. Let's give it up for our guy, Sports Crunch, with a K. Give it up for our guy. And for the record, uh, it's an honor to say that Connor Rogers is a great friend of the pod. It's true. I've been on the Sports Crunch podcast. I just want to make that clear for everyone. Have I been invited? And. I don't Maybe in the future, Mello. Okay. Maybe in the future. But my question is: We'll get there. Aside from positional value, why does the NFL seem so much higher on Drew Locke than those of us in, on draft Twitter outside National Football League front offices? I, I mean, if you, if you don't mind, I'll take that one first. I, I think draft Twitter is a very diverse group, right? Like, I know that a lot of people identify as that community, draft Twitter, right? And I'm old enough to remember the days when it was, you had forums, like message boards, and you were in that community, right? Uh, I I think now you look at that as like, it's a very diverse group of a a lot of different opinions. So it's hard to come to a consensus with that. I I think the NFL values traits. Like, did you like Josh Allen last year? Um, I wasn't the biggest fan, but I could see. And he why went seventh liked overall, him. right? Yes, like, he did. Right. So like, I think that's a big part of it. And you could say the same way if you didn't like Lamar Jackson, he went thirty-second overall. The NFL values traits. I think to generalize a lot more than Twitter does, because I feel like a lot of people on Twitter dabble in like the analytics side, where you're not going to like a Josh Allen, you're not going to like Drew Locke. Uh, but when you look at traits and like, if you were the head coach of the New York Giants, right, you feel like if you're Pat Shermer. I can get the most out of any player you give me. I'm an offensive mastermind. You give me Drew Locke with his arm talent and his mobility, I can make him something special. I think that's why pro teams are going to always value traits more than a lot of the rest of us do. And I would honestly say some of my biggest misses were on trait-based guys who got into the NFL and elevated their game a little bit. So the short answer, and what I like to say is, it's girlfriend eyes. The NFL sees Drew Locke and they say, he can do this and this. I'm going to make him do this, though, and he's going to be great. So I can get him there, and that's what the NFL sees. Whereas draft Twitter, I think a lot of times draft Twitter looks to hate on somebody. They say, no, we don't like this guy, because you want to be right. You want to be the guy that said, I hate Drew Locke, and he's not going to be anything. When he's, he's an okay quarterback, but the NFL doesn't view that. They view a guy, and they say, I can make him into this. Draft Twitter views a guy and they say they knock him down and say, no, he's not this. I think a rule for for anyone in this room or anyone listening who wants to break into scouting, and I've been doing this a long time, is you can't apply absolutes to players because we we actually just don't know, right? And and I think a lot of times people on draft Twitter try to do that. Do y'all remember when draft Twitter hated Joey Bosa? Oh, he couldn't bend. Yeah, I think Joey Bosa can bend all day. He's pretty good. He's like fucking Beckham. He can bend. He's fine. 
But I think when it comes down to it, too, like NFL teams look at it differently where if you're mechanically flawed, they're not going to knock you as much as that if you were physically flawed. You look at a guy like Drew Locke, he's big, he's strong, he's pretty athletic for his size overall. And, you know, he played at Missouri where they haven't been a powerhouse lately. They say, listen, I see his base. It's a little out of whack. I could fix that. So, and you know, he's going to work with a quarterback coach like Jordan Palmer. Who is going to fix that? So it's different when you look at it through our eyes, through the draft community's eyes on Twitter and through the NFL's eyes. But that's how the NFL looks at it. It's a great question, though, Crunchy. You're the man. Thank you. One of these days, me and you. FDNY. Represent. Yeah, I'm coming up. Love it. First, first time caller, long time listener. There it is. Um, first, I was going to ask York. you guys an Ozark question to the Miller clan, and then I realized that this is a St. Louis bar, apparently. No, it's not. It's apparently. a Royals bar tonight. No. All right. Yeah. Hey, let's gonna let's, gear, let's gonna get gear. your name, though. Name first. Andy so, Singleton, People's Pen on Twitter, expandtheboxscore.com. Give our guy, like, FDNY, give him some love. Woo! That was a lot of love. I, can I give my question just towards Connor? I love you guys. I'll just drink this beer. You're good. This is my FDNY brethren. Um, so, Connor, you and I are both in unison on Quinn and Williams. I was listening to your pod while I was flying down here today, and you guys have projected three quarterbacks, or what you're hearing is three quarterbacks possibly in the top ten. We have good draft capital now. With our uh, our Jets pick, I, I don't. I can I curse on here? Jets, yeah, oh, you can, yeah, say, yeah. You can say whatever the yeah. fuck you want. All right. So long time with listener, our fucking or... shitty ass Jets pick, we go. have a top ten pick. So can we regain some of the capital that we lost last year in getting our QB of the future? I, I think you really can. When you look at the Jets slot, so sitting there at three. <laughs> This draft and these next couple months are going to be about building stock of quarterbacks. Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones. They're going to play their way into being top 15, top 10 picks. And if we're already talking about that in January, what do you think it's going to be in April? It's going to be teams panicking. It's going to be leaked rumors that some are true, some are false. And teams are going to be aggressive once again, like the Jets were last year, about going up and getting those quarterbacks. So if those guys go one and two... The Jets sit there and say, we could take Nick Bosa. And if they don't want to do that, they could sell that for a lot. If Nick Bosa's not there, somebody's going to come up for Quinn and Williams. There are two premier players in this draft. It's Nick Bosa and Quinn and Williams. And somebody's going to make a move to get a star player. The Jets don't need to do that right now. It's the first time in a while where they have a quarterback and they have a star in defense with Jamal Adams. They need a second-round pick, and they need a first-rounder for 2020. I think the Jets are sitting in a really good spot. Going into this Can draft. I, oh, I've been waiting. I've been waiting, buddy. God, he's been Here's itching thing, to get that mic. Andy, right? Andy. If Kyler Murray goes first overall, which I was just in a, I was in LA at NFLPA. Yes. God damn. Yes. Humble brag. Right? Yeah. Yeah. NFLPA. Humble brag. And I thought I thought today was Saturday, so just here's the deal. Kyler Murray can still go first overall. People who have talked to Cliff Kingsbury in the last two weeks think that he could just say, you know what? Nah, I don't want Josh Rosen. I don't want to deal with the bullshit of Josh Rosen. I'm going to take Kyler Murray, and I'm going to trade Rosen, and we're going to get that draft capital that you talked about. Do you know what happens then? Nick Bosa goes two. Quentin Williams goes three, and you trade Leonard Williams for a two. Draft capital is flipped in that moment. And I actually believe, for all the shit that Mike McCagnan takes, I actually think his scouting staff is really, really good if he will get out of the way. You heard me say on this podcast, Mike McCagnan needs to close. You know what Mike McCagnan might need to do? Get out of the way. Let his scout scout. Let his guys do their job because you have picks. You have $120 million in salary cap space where you haven't been able to get a Tony Jefferson. You haven't been able to get a Kirk Cousins. 
Mike McCain to put your backpack on and go to a different room. Let your scouts do their job and get some players, right? This is the year. Get some players. You have a quarterback. You have, like Connor said, a building block on defense in Jamal Adams. You have a very good linebacker in Darren Lee. You have Jordan Jenkins. What, he had eight sacks this year. Like, you have players. Let your scouts do their job. I was just looking at you because I got my backpack on. I think you're sending me to another room. So let's get another question up here. All right, next, Ray T, you up? There we go. Long-time listener, eighth-time caller. Something like that. I'm the best sticky that you guys have never heard of. Oh, no, oh, that's not true. That's true. We've definitely oh, heard ju- of you. Just so all the other stickies. The best sticky oh, okay. that yeah, didn't yeah. get an award. Something like that. Oh, See, I'll that. take that. Clayton's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. All right. You've offended half the room. Uh, my bad. Uh, take all that back. Name, location, and we're going to cheer for you, buddy. Richie Bradshaw from Phoenix, Arizona. Give it up for Ooh! Richie. Ooh! Let's give it up for Mill Street, too. No one? Just me and you, buddy. Me and you. You we guys got to come out for an Arizona State game. And on that note, That ain't TBD. about the football. That's the only problem. Yeah. Hey, come on, man. Probably not. Come, come get on the Herm train. <laughs> Are you hosting Washington or Oregon? Let's just sell him on the. Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Send that invite in the mail. Yeah, we'll totally there. Deal. It's like Mason Whitlock's wedding. Yeah, we'll be there, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll we be love there. weddings. Yeah. We course. love Arizona State. Yeah, we right. might go. Though. What's your question? <laughs> I got, I got a million questions for you guys, but I'll be, I'll be here all week. You had so. one. If I had one, I'm going to look at Mello and first of all say shout out for loving Nikhil Harry so much because that is wide receiver one in this class. Thank you. He just felt bad because the last guy was like, I don't want to hear your opinion. So he's like, (laughs) shout out Mello. Whatever. You know the people love me. You're jealous. People do love you, Mello. But I got to ask for you guys, what do you think of Rennell Wren, who got a senior bowl invite? Pretty disruptive on the defense's line, but not a very well-known name to the draft community. I will tell you that as we went through this process, a big part of my job, and I'm not selling secrets here, is to communicate with scouts and be like, hey, here's my list. Who am I missing? Right? Like, where where am I off? And I actually think I sent Connor a text at maybe mid-season, and I was like, hey, uh, watch watch this guy for me. Let's plug some notes in. And it was it was Ren. Like that was the guy that we were like. We might be missing a little bit. Like, let's see what he is. I know that Jim Nagy, who's the executive director of the Senior Bowl, is very high on him. He, uh, Again, we'll just keep this between us and everybody, the 200,000 people listening or whatever. Like, Nagy was on Connor and I at one point in the season. I'm like, you you guys are low on him. You need to watch him and get up on him, which God bless Jim. He helped us out a lot this year. I feel like we helped him out a little, too. And that was October. So it goes to show you that. And I think he actually made Bruce Feldman's, like, freaks list because of how strong he is, kind of athlete he is for his size. So when it comes down to it, you're 100% right. He's gotten slept on, I think, because this is a good group up front this year. But when it comes down to it, this is why he's here. This is the place to show that you don't belong in Tier 4 or 3. You want to be in Tier 2 and 1. So... I think this is a great opportunity. And what's for him. weird is like I feel like this D line group is like so tier one heavy. Totally. And then tier two is like, oh wait, like there's not a tier two. So like guys like Ren can rise up, and this is the best spot for that. Mm-hmm. Like Mello always says, and like I, I don't know how much this resonates with draft Twitter, but like you need momentum, like you need buzz. This is where that can start if it hasn't throughout the season. Like you can parlay. How many guys have we seen down here where they come down and it's like. I like they're a good player. And then it's like Will Hernandez last year. Like, oh, he's a good player. He comes down here and, like, kicks ass all week. And we're like, oh, wait. Like, that's a really good player. And he ends up the 34th pick in the draft. Like, that's how that process can get kick-started. I'm still just sitting over here stewing why I didn't get the text message. 
That's kind of fucked up. Whatever. I mean, I, mean, I got know. a group chat, but that's cool. You guys have your side conversation. I'm not in it either. Don't worry, Mello. Yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome guys, uh, Connor. I need to know what you do with your hair, my friend. Oh, your man. hair looks it's better. Than yeah, Connor's. I was gonna say. You about? Maybe you need to tell him. I don't up. know. I saw him do this earlier, so I had to do it too. I remember so. being young and having hair. Those were the days. <laughs> You're doing right? well for your age. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank Thanks, you. Dude. Just drink you under the table. I mean, that's oh wait. Right. Outfit of the night. The eyes of Texas are upon you all the live long day. My man's ready to fucking sing you podcast. It's a great jersey. Let's get your name. It doesn't deserve to be covered by the Columbia jacket. Yeah. What's up, guys? Uh, Name's Sarah Browning from uh, Dallas, Texas. Yeah! Uh, First off, I just want to say thanks to Matt. Uh, You've helped me a lot and everything and growing my trying to grow he's my really, personal he's brand. He's a dickhead, but whatever. <laughs> Fuck, <you. laughs> Fuck Matt. That's why we're all here, but it's okay. Reach out to you a lot, and you've helped me, so uh, thank you for that. But uh, So my question is, uh, we know how the NFL does game pass and everything, sells coaches film and all 22 for like that subscription. Why wouldn't the NCAA, a money-driven organization, give access for like a money subscription uh, to their all 22 coaches? I, I love you because you're a Longhorn. I don't know. We have begged them. Like, literally, I've been in I've been in meetings, like conference calls, where we will be with the heads of all the conferences. And, like, humble brag. Head of the big – yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time. Sick, dude. Like, all the heads of the conferences. Like, guys, like, we would buy it. Like, we at Bleach Report, me as an individual, you as an individual. Like, yeah. Game Pass is, what, 100 bucks a year? Yeah. If everyone in this room paid the Big 12 100 bucks a year for all 22, like – like, then they could fund the Longhorn Network. I think like, I know the answer, right? though. It's because they're afraid. And it's why the NFL Bingo. was for so long. I can remember before Game Pass, being a, we would go to the Combine of the Super Bowl and be in meetings about like media stuff. Like, oh, what do you guys want? We went all 22, and they're like, we don't want some fucking dude on his couch criticizing Bill Belichick because he didn't run cover three. I'm like, well, number one, Bill Belichick doesn't care. And, like, why not empower your fans to be smarter? And eventually they did it. I had nothing to do with it, but they eventually did it. I actually think college will too eventually, but it like I I know this sounds ridiculous, but if everyone who wanted it on Twitter was vocal and active about it, it would happen. Like it's it's like anything. Like we want college like we want the playoffs expanded. That'll happen because of what's happening on Twitter. Like we want that Saints DPI called, it'll happen because of outrage on Twitter. Like that is so valuable and and Connor knows this. Mello knows this. Our bosses know this. What happens on social media resonates. Like, if people are active and vocal about things, like, if you all want us on the West Coast next year for the tailgate tour, like, get on Just social media this every day. It. I'll retweet yeah. it. I love coming yeah. to the West Coast. Yeah. I see what's your Twitter handle. <laughs> I would counter, counter yeah. that, though. Imagine you are walking into Nick Saban's office and you're telling him, hey, we're going to go ahead and give everyone access to your all 22. You're going to tell Nick Saban that. He's going to tell you, fuck you. He's going to hit that button on his Man, desk. Shut us a door. door opens and you're gone. Like, I think Matt's right. <laughs> College coaches do not want to give up their game film because they still think it's like the sacred thing that no one has access to. It's not. To. It's not. I mean, obviously, other teams are going and they're videoing it for themselves, but they don't want everyone to have access. It's to like it. Cold War shit. Like, we all know what you're doing. Like, and. Honestly, like most of us want it for evaluation purposes. It's not like I'm not trying to break down Alabama's cover one. Like I don't care, but I want to break down Deontay Thompson. And my my argument to all these schools has always been it helps you. 
it helps Nick Saban if I have evaluated properly Quentin Williams, Mac Wilson, Anthony Jennings. Let me evaluate your players and correctly, you know, give them draft stock. It, it helps you, it helps your players, but college, man. It's just like, yeah. it's just college. That's a great question, though. It's yeah, literally definitely. become the big internet mystery. That's why we uh, steal all our all 22. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, tailgate tour, 2019. Possibly. TBD. Let me look at my phone. I don't phone, know if it I'll made the you. short list. I'll be there. Let's see if it made the, t- the short list. <laughs> I want to be. Wait, Michigan at Wisconsin? Yeah. My gr- it's, that's my grandpa's alma mater, so I bought him tickets for that. So. Oh, Jesse, we have to go then. <laughs> he bought tickets. We're uh, going. It was on the list. Three out of three want to get to Madison, Wisconsin this year. Oh, my so. God. The people who have told us, like, why haven't you guys gone to Madison? We're like, yeah, we will. Like, we will. That game's at Michigan, though. Wisconsin. Is that Wisconsin? Never mind. I want to eat cheese curds and drink New Glarus. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right, next next question. Andrew Harbaugh, motherfucker! <laughs> no cheer for that. Sure this, man brought a, this man brought a onesie for us to sign. I want to sign that onesie right now. Maybe after your question, not literally, but yeah, I do well, want to. you know, it's still at the hotel room. But hey, yeah. we got another night. Um, my question is, and it's an interesting one, Connor. You've critiqued my wording, so bear with me. If you had to bet on a player this week with not your own money, so someone you're kind of feeling like so taking you're a, mellow. Okay, got yes. I'm the nuts to bet your own money. <laughs> yes. I got it. I've been there. Before. Uh, who would you believe in, but not enough to you kind of commit on? But like I said, somebody else's money. Drew Luck. Yeah, Drew Luck. I, I think we have all like we. We have a stick to football group chat that we. I think we need to pull some. Uh, do we though? I don't know. There's so many backdoor <laughs> messages that I'm starting to well, wonder if we even have a group chat anymore. <laughs> yeah, there would. Tr's right. We can't screenshot all of it. But uh, one thing that we have resigned ourselves to is that Drew Locke is going to be a top ten pick. None of us think he should be, but he will be. Right. right. And like I said, I've been doing this a long time. I can remember Ryan Tannehill and EJ, EJ Manuel and RG three and a lot of guys who ended up. Early picks that we didn't Daniel think should Jones. be Christian Ponder. <laughs> Daniel Jones. I'm going to strangle him tonight. Uh, <laughs> he tried once. It didn't work yeah, out. I think th- I, I really do think that Drew Locke is right now the guy that – I think if, if you asked us collectively, and you can because we're all standing here, who we thought was being fabricated as a top ten pick, it would be Drew Locke. I think for me, if I had to bet on someone here, that would be Debo Samuel, just because of the experience, just because of the route running. I think he could go round one. I don't think it's crazy at all, especially when you look at this wide receiver class where everyone's stacking it a different way depending on what you need, what he's done after the catch, special teams. He's not a guy that just returns punts and kicks. I mean, he's on punt Couldn't coverage. Couldn't you see Marquise plays. Brown pulling a John Ross and going nine? Totally. And then you're the league like, wants speed. oh, my God, what yeah. just happened? And then, So I, I completely agree. The league wants speed. I, I don't think Debo is that kind of guy, but I think if you play him in the slot, get him working over the middle of the field, I'm not betting against him. It's as simple as that. And I would just stick with Drew Locke. It's not my money, so I don't give a shit. Uh, he's boom or bust. He might be a Pro Bowl level, level quarterback, or he might be in the league for three years. It's not my money. I don't but give a shit, so I put it with Blake him. Bortles? Like, like oh. that's his, like... If you had to cop Drew Locke right now, it would be Blaine Blake Bortles. <laughs> That's why you guys are my favorite. He has a stronger arm. <laughs> yeah, but just the Missouri ties. Yeah. But in the and, same, and the, hair's not as the good. Jaguars will probably draft him, yeah. and they will still suck for Oh, my forever. God. They probably will. You're right. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate, appreciate it, Appreciate it, guys. We're signing that onesie Wednesday. Yes.
Let's close this thing out with some more draft on draft questions. I'm losing my voice. Any more beer? Let's just get into it. We have our guy, our Uber driver. He's the a, Uber the, driver. Yeah, Uber I was going to say the people's Uber driver. The people's Uber driver and Mobile. He delivered the merch. We love this gentleman. He's got a Sig football t-shirt ready. And actually, here's a great question. Give us your name, and we're going to cheer like crazy. My name's Shane. Yes, yeah, Shane! Yeah! Fuck yeah, Shane! All right, I had a passenger a little earlier this afternoon. Uh, decided he wanted to tell me, uh, being out of Boston, that no one actually cares about the game and that all the media would be gone by Thursday. What's the deal? Okay, number one, we will leave Thursday. Uh, it's not, it's, not, it's yeah. not not true, but here's the thing. The game matters. I, I've, I've, I've been doing this for eight years, man, and I'll tell you, like that's, that's always been the, the myth is let's leave Thursday, the game doesn't matter. When NFL teams reconvene in February for their scout meetings, the first thing they're going to do is watch this game. Like, it does matter. Like, it's just, it's such a horrible myth that, oh, the game doesn't matter. The game does matter, but you have the film of it. You don't need to keep 30 scouts in Mobile and pay for extra hotel rooms and extra flights. Like, you send them home, send them to the facility, wherever you want to go. The game absolutely matters. I don't know where that started, that myth of the game doesn't matter. It does. You want to see players perform. I've been down here to see Dak Prescott shout in the game. I've seen Carson Wentz shout in the game. I've seen Aaron Donald, Eric Fisher, guys who were round one picks, or, or Dak who had DUI fell a little bit, but he, <laughs> like, he had a great week here, and it solidified his status. So the game matters. The point is you don't need to pay 45 people to stay in Mobile with Mardi Gras starting, yeah, yeah. by the way. I've been here for that. That's don't, a blast. Don't stay. The home, of, the home of Mardi Gras, mind you, not New Orleans. Mobile. Exactly. Oh, man, I stayed down here once for two weeks, and I threw beads like crazy. The point for is, what? send people home and watch the film on, uh, when you get to the city. What do you mean, threw beads for what? I was just curious, why do you throw beads? For fun. Okay. <laughs> for fun. All right, beads, fun. moon pies, pretty much everything you get your moon hands pies. on. Oh, yes. Maybe we stay this year, and I'll throw some beads. <laughs> I, I have to be in Atlanta. We can't. Slash, I appreciate get it. some beads. All right, we appreciate you. Get us home safe tonight. Uh, our boy Clayton, longtime listener. Clayton hung out with us last year. Yeah, Clayton. We always talk about, like, can people hang with stick to football? It's like, it, it's kind of like an initiation. Can you keep up? A lot of people can't. Our intern just had kidney surgery. He can't keep up. No. Clayton <laughs> kept up last year, and we appreciate the shit out of him. Oh, absolutely. How you guys doing? We're here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll this quick. Um, so who, who are some Mike linebackers, like mid, mid-round linebackers, that you think like, can actually become something? I'll go first because this is the only guy that came to mind. Yes, I'm going to go Cameron Smith uh, because I loved him last year. And I think this is a very weak Mike linebacker class. I, just, I don't know that there's a lot of them. Honestly, I don't know how much longer the position can survive. Just You look at the Chargers and the way they ran their defense. Uh, it worked out with three safeties you call that in a defense? there. <laughs> I'm not against the Patriots. The Patriots are their own beast. But at like a true Mike linebacker, I think we're going to start to see more guys like Devin Bush, Devin White, guys that can run. People not those Devin. Play in yeah. the box the name's type play middle linebackers. linebackers. I, I would highlight, I can't believe Melo didn't say him. He's not here. But how about Gary Johnson out of Texas? Yeah, speed, sideline to sideline. He was a Juco guy. So maybe flew a little under the radar. But I know the people in Austin rave about him as an, an athlete. His toughness, his football maturity. IQ, maturity. And then a guy who's actually here, David Long Jr. from West Virginia. Not your prototypical Mike linebacker size. Like, 
You're a Jets fan, right? Yeah. Okay, he's not even playing a three four, but you might run a four three next year. Yeah. And I I mean he's he's two twenty five. That's where the league is going, man. Like you need interior pressure and linebackers who can run. He can run. So I think David Long is a player to watch this week. Yeah, I think a lot of schemes have kind of taken them off the field after the first two downs. And and not all of them, but teams are spreading them out. And that's why you see guys like whether it's Devin White, who I know Matt is compared to Miles Jack a lot. You're looking for the speed, but I'm glad Melo brought up Cam Smith because two years ago we were talking about Cam Smith as a legitimate top 50 prospect. He's been banged up. USC just hasn't been very good. But if you're looking for a guy, and this happens at the linebacker position, especially inside, all the time. People find starters at you know after the first three rounds. I think Cam Smith can easily be that kind of guy, and that's why it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him. I've said week. before on this show, what is he weighing at? And we'll I mean, he out. looks like he dropped down to 240. He's been better in coverage now because If of that. he's like 235 and can run 4-7, like, oh, shit, like, this guy can play. Yeah. Also, I have a bonus question. Like, what do you guys think about Voshan Joseph from Florida? I like him. I like him a lot as a hybrid guy. Like, I don't know I, what he is. Uh, I think is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? But I like him a lot as a hybrid guy. I play him in some certain packages. He makes big plays in big games. He's all over the field. It's weird that Florida has defensive players. The Jets will draft him. He's from Florida. You're fine. Yeah, that's who you'll draft. <laughs> yeah. Jets and Florida fans. I, right. I had to ask the question. Yeah, yeah, get used to him. You'll see a lot of him. Yeah. Thanks, Clayton. Thank you. All right. Next question. My man ordered a pizza. I did. I offered one of you guys a piece, but nobody took it. Yeah. I did, and I, is it still available? I got the pizza right over there. Do you want it? Later, yes. Oh. Not right now. On the clock. All right, name and question, buddy. All right, uh, my name is Donnie, uh, part of the Pylon and Pylon podcast, Richard Bradshaw. Uh, this isn't necessarily like a 2019 NFL draft question, just more like a general draft is question. Is it a Trevor general. Lawrence co- question? No. <laughs> God no. damn it. Sunshine. Cooler if it was. Yeah. Fuck, I love that guy. Okay, uh, what is one rule change that you guys would make to the NFL draft that would make it more exciting? Like, for example, I, I would oh, I would have say the same thing. I would have the top three picks protected and have a lottery done for the rest of the other uh, 29 picks. And I would have that lottery done at 15 hours before the draft. I watched all hell break. Oh, this. man. I think your draft, your offseason plan would fall apart, though. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. Like, what team are you a fan of? I write for the Steelers. Okay, so you're a Steelers fan. Like, yeah. they're picking 19? 20. 20. Yep. You have a plan based on 20. If you had didn't know until three hours before the draft what pick you were making, like, she would hit the fan. Yeah. Like, it would be uh, – so I like the chaos theory of yeah. that. But mine would be extend the draft. Make it longer because we – 135 juniors just enter the draft. Plus 400 seniors. There are 256 picks. How do you allocate all these players – I want to see active rosters expanded, and I want to see the draft expanded so we can get these guys in a stable environment to develop and grow. Hashtag job security is what he just did right there. <laughs> All right. Like, uh, this is good for me. This is good for me. My career, 400 draft yeah. picks. All the picks. I mean, for me, it's I'd put free agency after the draft. Oh, like the NBA does. Yeah, it won't happen. I, I like it better that way, though. I just think when you look at it, and the league will never do that because it would probably limit the market. Flip, you'd have to flip off the timelines because the league wants 12 months, and it works now. So you'd have to put free agency in. You'd have to put the draft in March, which I'm fine with. Let's do that. I go on vacation earlier. I'm, let's do it. <laughs> That's my simple answer. Also, another quick question. Who would win in the fight, a trillion lions or the sun? <laughs> Oh man! Say, uh, say that again. I'm gonna one take the sun. <laughs> what? One trillion lions or the sun? The I can sun. lay out facts for you guys. The sun. The yeah, sun. let's hear them. Okay. Uh, first of all, the sun's outnumbered a trillion to one. 
I feel like the uh, sun's okay right still. Um, so uh, the sun's not even like a living organism, but we'll still like humor this argument anyway. Um, the suns would form, or sorry, isn't the it? lions would I have form the, I a black have the hole, to this question, so. and they would suck up the sun, and you'd be like, hey, Donnie, the sun's way too hot. They go at night. Thank you. Hey, hey. Wow. <laughs> If the sun dies, on my own podcast. the lions die. Oh, yeah. Lions versus so the even sun if question. The they lions win, they lose. Because <laughs> without the sun, there is no there are no plants, there are no deer or antelope. They'd wear the lions die. Donnie, let me ask you yes. every time. I want to ask you one question. Yes, who would win between a gorilla and a lion? One on one in a fight, who would win? Gorilla. Gorilla. Thank, thank yeah. you. God dang it. <laughs> Everyone knows this. Everyone knows this it's except for Matt. It's, it's a, a fucking lion. gorilla. Once a gorilla, always a gorilla. It's a gorilla every time. All right, we have a special guest coming to the microphone right now. Yo, big fan of the podcast. Shout out to you guys. Uh, this is Joe from the Bay Area. Love um, you, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, for Joe. Yeah, Joe. Uh, yeah. I'm going to... Question is for Matt, and I'm going to have Mello and Connor follow up. Um, everyone. Are you part of the group chat that I'm not a part of, too? <laughs> within the Niners faithful is, like, screaming for a pass rusher, and you opted to pass on Josh Allen at pick two. For Quinn Williams, I'm guessing that's the best player available type pick. But for people who aren't draft Knicks, what makes Quinn Williams so special? Right, Connor, you said there's two good players in the draft, two elite players in the draft. He's one of them. So why? What are those trades that set him apart? And then uh, from you two, do you agree with going number two, Quinn Williams? Joe, uh, you know, I grew up a Niners fan, right? Like, I'm invested in this team, and I don't want to see them do well. And I think where the NFL's trending is interior pressure. Look at Aaron Donald. Look at Fletcher Cox. The NFL, like, what did Khalil Mack do in the playoffs? Nothing. What did D4 do in the playoffs other than line up outside? <laughs> Nothing. Like, you need interior pressure to win in the NFL – how do you stop the Tom Brady's? How do you stop the Jared Goff's? Interior pressure with man coverage uh, behind that. And I think that's why Quinnen is special with his athleticism at 6'4", 290, the hand use, the motor, the work ethic. He's a special, special specimen. And I would say this, Joe from the Bay Area, if the Niners had the number one pick, I might take Quinnen Williams. I, I, just, I don't see Solomon Thomas working as a three-tech. I would put DeForest Buckner at nose. Quinnen at three and say, come fucking get it, boys. Like, stop this. Do you trust Your the 49ers gonna be fun tomorrow. to take a pass rusher? Well, they were listening to me. It's been bad. <laughs> so do, do you trust John Lynch to change that and actually get somebody in there that can get to the quarterback? Because they have, like, four guys, and none of them can get to the quarterback. I think that's why if you could play Solomon in a five, Quinnen in a three, Buck in a one, like, you start to have a line that makes sense. Like I love Salman. Like I like the Salman Thomas pick. He was a young guy with upside. We're still seeing that develop. He's great against the run. We have seen him develop as a pass rusher. Quinn and Williams solves a lot of your interior problems that makes your outside problems easier, right? Like if you have a Keem Higgs, it makes Kilo Mack better, right? Like give me inside pressure that can open up the outside. I He's guess the back. follow up. I guess the follow up is right. I mean the. the the common train of thought is you have a guy on the edge, and all of a sudden it makes life easier for DeForest Buckner on the inside. So can it work the other way around where you get an elite inside guy, and all of a sudden you have two of them, and it makes life easier for DeForest Buckner at the same time? I, I think that's so. The, that's the big you know, challenge. Yeah. How do you get DeForest Buckner more one-on-ones? I would like, say look at what 
Dante Fowler has exactly. already been exactly. for the Rams. You pair him with Sue and Donald, and he looks like what free. we thought he was going to be with the Jaguars. And he just never did. So anytime you can pair those guys up together, it's a whole scheme. It's a whole line working together. It's going to free up some guys. It's going to make your corners look better. It's going to make everyone look better. You're, you're a Niners fan. You remember Justin Smith and Alden Smith, right? When you had that perfect pairing, when one guy's drawing attention, someone has to come free, right? Whether you're going to Vic Fangio, Texas, stunt every player not with Justin Houston holding a little bit, like, it works. So, like, that's why I'm Team Quinnen. I love Josh Allen. Like, I love Josh Allen. You would. I love – I like – if your name's Josh Allen, I'm going to hype you in the draft. Guaranteed. But I think Quinnen is a better day one player. And I think when you look at free agency, that's what matters here. I mean, what if the Niners come out of this free agency class and they go they get money. A, a guy you just shit on like D Ford, who had a good year but not a good you know, postseason. going to tag him. But when it comes down to it, that makes their plans easier into the draft. At number two, I mean, the options are – and I know you don't do trades in your mock drafts, which mm. makes it a little more difficult. You're sitting there at number two and Dwayne Haskins available. Somebody's going to call you and come up. Right. So, like, what, Are the Jags going to call? Like, they should. They never – I here's mean my, – Here's my hot take to end the podcast. Tom Coughlin is going to love Daniel Jones. The Jags are going to be on the move. Tom Coughlin comes from Bill Parcells. Do you remember Parcells' rules for drafted quarterbacks? You remember Romello? Three-year starter. Production. Uh, Completion percentage over 65. Mm -hmm. They had rules for drafting quarterbacks that no one fits in this class but Daniel Jones, who, by the way, his head coach, David Cutcliffe, coached Eli Manning at Ole Miss. Like, why would Tom Coughlin not dip back into that well and take Daniel Jones? I think he could trade up to get him. Well, because like Melo said, he's going to be a bust. Well, we'll see. We'll exactly. See. Maybe we'll put a tattoo bet on it. We'll find Maybe. Out. We'll double down. I'll get two tattoos. We'll double down. We'll do Yeah. All right. Wink, wink. All right. Uh, that's our show, fellas. I, yeah. I think we're wrapping it up. Yeah! From The good news is we will be back Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Come down to Dolphin Street. There's good restaurants. There's great beer. Draft picks. Come out. We got merch. We have stick-to-football helmets, ladies and gentlemen. We got wristbands. We got koozies. I heard Jake Peavy's going to be here. We're doing Oklahoma in the parking lot. Yeah, we're doing Oklahoma. We're playing cornhole. Jesse's got T-shirts. Come out. We want to see you guys. We want to meet you. Uh, we're autographing a onesie on Wednesday night, so we got to do that. But make sure you subscribe. Follow on Twitter and Instagram because we will be pushing out new shows every morning for Senior Bowl week. A lot of merch, a lot of swag, a lot of hugs and high fives from Mello. Don't let him walk in on the bathroom, though. That's a lot of fun. We will talk to you guys tomorrow morning as you're listening to this. Thanks for hanging out. We'll talk to you all later.